pre-show. I'm I'm just tired of Twitter. I know you don't use it that much, but yeah, I don't. I was ever use it, I honestly. was following it like for news and stuff, and I would occasionally like comment on things, like reply to stuff that wasn't even socially or politically motivated at all. It was just like uh, usually response to like a like a Halo comment or something like that. I would just give my opinion on that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like the people that I would follow. You know what I've kind of realized there is on Twitter. There's this unspoken likes and retweets war between people, even though they don't uh, directly acknowledge it with each other. At least that's my theory. Really? Yeah, because I will see things, and and I could be totally misinterpreting this. Uh, tell me what you think. But like I'll see things that I feel like could be targeted at me because I have a political persuasion or because I still live in the town that I grew up in. Uh, yeah. Like I'll see tweets of like, uh, for example, I don't understand how people can still live in the same town. Yeah. Or there's this, uh, refuting thing when it comes to political stuff. Like someone will, see something that I hit like or retweet and I'll see later on a retweet that is actually from the thread of something that I retweeted. It was someone's refute of it. Hmm. And I realized there's this and and I and you know what? To be fair, I was guilty of it too. I would see something that I didn't like, I would look in its thread and I would retweet something and I was like, you know what, I need to get out of this. Yeah. That's why I don't really I'm not on Twitter at all because of that. Or That's why I left. That's why I just decided to leave. So. So for those of you listening, who I'm sure is a minute portion of our small audience anyway, who would look for updates of the show on Twitter, uh, my account is not there anymore. He gone. I deactivated it. He gone. So, I'm assuming uh, we should probably get going, because it's going to take us a little bit. Yep, no, it's fine. That sounds good to me. hey You're listening to Name Was Taken Podcast. Why don't we just go ahead, and you're listening to... Somewhere in the skies. No, no, nope, no, no. That name was taken. Wait a second, is that name actually taken? Yes, it is. What the hell is that podcast? It's about UFOs. Oh. Because all I saw was the Dr. Pepper dude on the commercial uh, saying that, so I was confused. (laughs) Well, cheap shameless plug. Speaking of uh, UFOs. I launched a second podcast called The Hipshman Experience, and the very first episode is about my UFO story. So, cheap shameless plug, go check out my other show, The Hipshman Experience. I'll leave a I'll leave a link for it in the, in the description of this episode. As of the moment, I have no involvement in that show. I'm no, this, this this show is is uh, is primarily me. 
Doesn't mean I won't bring people on every now and then, but it's going to be a primarily me speaking into a microphone show. Right. Good. <laughs> Good. I don't want anything to do with your show, Jake. You piece of shit. I'm not going to lie. Like, you doing that, it, it makes me think of, uh, um, oh, Big Bang Theory. Not Not specifically you doing that, but... If I were going to do my own podcast, how Big Bang Three has fun with flags, I would have a podcast that'd be fun with guns, and it would just literally be me—the sound of me firing guns. There would be no real context or anything. Be like, "This is Jeff, fun with guns," and then all you'd hear me doing is shoot and go woohoo, and bam, 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 bam. You know what you should do? You should make a, uh, a podcast and just have one episode of you introing that, and it's just. Five to ten minutes of you shooting <laughs> firearms. Just literally just roll through all my firearms and just fire like a magazine out of every single one of them. And then and then end it with thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening. It's a fun with guns podcast. I'm your host. And then boop. Then two years later you you upload a new episode. I got to shoot a rocket launcher. Here's <laughs> it. <laughs> Somehow I have flashbang grenades now. Check this out. Hear that? Like, nope. I can't either because I can't hear shit after that. It's like one. It's like you only managed to do a new episode when you get to shoot a new gun that would sound drastically different. And that's like mm-hmm. once every like blue moon. <laughs> oh my god! So we did. We put out an episode at the beginning of the month and. As far as our show's numbers are concerned, it actually did fairly well. Huh. Well, now, good. Welcome to the shit show. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, so I think the working title of this episode is going to be the Orange Carrot versus the Demented Old Circus Monkey. I like that, but why... I'm oh, no, you. let me rephrase that. The Blonde Carrot versus the Demented Old Circus Monkey. There we go. Hmm. I don't know, I really like the Blonde Carrot, but... I think we need to work on the Biden one. Why is he the demented old circus monkey? Because I just... mean, it's not like I was gonna uh, say, "Welcome to the puppet show" or something, maybe. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely, puppet. I am the Democratic Party. Oh, that was shit. my favorite, favorite, favorite part from the first debate. Out of everything that happened, the first debate. I will forever remember the first debate from that as I am the Democratic Party. It's like Batman screaming it. It was awesome. It was it's Batman doing a line from Revenge of the Sith from Star Wars, Emperor Palpatine. I am the Senate. Right, yeah, basically. <laughs> so So what happened since the first debate? I think since the first debate, I think Trump seemed to get the message. Watching, mm. watching this one. Yeah. So you just want to kind of go over the uh, not each topic per se right off the bat, but just kind of the overall feel of the debate first. Is that what you want to go into? Yeah. Let, let's let's do some uh, some some background, um, some overall impressions, and then we'll deep dive into it. Okay. Okay. I I, I agree. I even wrote down favorite quotes this time. 
Oh, good, good. So I made like, uh, I made quite a few pages of notes here. Yeah, I actually have like one, two, three, like five or six pages of notes myself. Ooh, me too, bud. Me too. So, so um, so I will say I agree. The overall quality of the debate went up significantly, and yes. I kind of put that two parts as far as I see. Um, I think that the the threat of the the mute and the actual muting while it wasn't their turn, but then later after their initial, based on the two-minute structure, for those of you who didn't see or don't know, so how the debate worked is they each got, in the beginning, they had like a 15-minute segment, and she'd ask a primary question, and then that primary question, one person would get to answer, and um, in that two-minute period, the other person's mic was muted. Then it would flip over, and the other person would get two minutes where the originals mic would be muted. And then for the rest of that time, she would ask more questions, it seemed. They'd just develop questions. And it was kind of like each would talk. But I don't know that they ever really muted mics at that point unless it became like, hey, you know what? you got to give the other guy a talk. But but all in all, I don't – that was pretty much the, the, the layout. Now, there were some times I noticed they added a little bit of an extra rebuttal time. But for the most part, that was it. Yeah, um, the thing I wanted to point out was that I th- I think there was a an attempt to because to be fair I feel like there's a big media bias against the incumbent right um, and I think there was a an attempt to make it seem like there was not a bias against him and I think were you not someone who follows this stuff regularly, you would have assumed that there was, it was much more unbiased. You would have had to, you, you really had to look closely to see that there was still bias there, but it was there. And, um, now while I will say that, uh, Kristen Walker or sorry, not Walker, Welker, um, I will say that overall she did do a much better job than Chris Wallace. And that was my second point. I, before I digress to how it was structured, um, yeah, the structure definitely helped that. And then her herself did a much better job at yes. handling them. I mean, much better. It was actually now, like legit, like it was a debate. You could de- define it as a debate this time. Yeah. And what I mean by where you had to look closer at it to see where the bias existed. Now, granted, I wish the first, de- even if, even with the bias, I still wish the first debate would have been run like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, was that if you noticed during, for those of you that have watched the debate or decide to go back and watch it, notice that um, Welker gives a lot of follow-up and specific questions to Trump, but uh, with the ex- like only, I think, two times during the entire hour and a half debate did she give any follow-ups to Biden. As a matter of fact, I think she's uh, saved Biden, and we'll get into it later when it came to the Russia thing, where she was trying to steer the subject away. Right. I was going to say that she seemed, on, like I said, like you said, on the surface, it seemed like Trump was almost getting more rebuttals. And it's like, oh, they're giving, making it more advantageous for him. But at the end of the day, I don't think, I mean, it was great for him. It was, but I don't think it was as purposed as that. I think there it was a little more advantageous for both of them that way. Yeah, and I think I think overall the mute button served in Trump's favor more than Biden's because the I'm trying to I mean, I I understand the 
uh, Trump's dislikable personality. Right. But if you can ignore his uh, rhetoric and his uh, chauvinisticness and like just look at his actual policy, he's actually done very well. Um, but we don't want to do that in this. We want we want Jesus, but we don't want to call him Jesus because. That would be a Christian ideology, and we can't have Okay, that. I'm glad you brought up the religious aspect to it, because this is not far off an exaggeration. The narrative that they've continued to try to push is that Donald Trump is the devil. Right. And that if he, if, that, that if he is no longer president, then this will all just magically go away in a very short time. Like in two months after Biden takes office, that this is all gone. Oh, you're talking about like the COVID will be over? Yeah, COVID and that the economy that they claim is in the shitter. Right. When actually not. despite, yeah, when actually despite the circumstances that we're in, even with the lockdowns, we are actually still recovering like right. the economy, you know? Right. No, it's done. I mean, for all, all things, intents and purposes, we've done very well through the economy but the problem is we are still losing jobs but it's not this is not a party to blame kind of thing for losing jobs because we knew it would shut down i mean the degree at which jobs could have been lost depending on how much you wanted to shut down if you want to shut down more more jobs would be lost if you want to continue to shut down more jobs would be lost so again this is a biased opinion but when you look at the job loss um a lot of them are in most of them are i would say are in blue states and also mm-hmm. in the blue states, uh, oh, okay. So that's where the say, worst lockdowns were. <laughs> saying that, saying that, and we'll get to this eventually. But saying that, one of my favorite quotes actually came from what you just said. And um, let me look through. I want to make sure I get it right. Um. Oh dang! What what section was that in? Basically, Joe Biden. I can't remember. I can't find why I wrote it down, but. Joe Biden essentially said, um, I don't look at, oh, here it is. I don't look at red versus blue states. They are all the United States. But red has had the most spikes. Yeah. (laughs) And then later he said, said yeah. Yeah. And then then he said that the Midwest was experiencing all the recent spikes. I'm like, the Midwest? Really? You mean like Michigan? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so. um, Run by Governor Whitmore? A Democrat? So it is kind of funny. But overall, I'd say structurally, going into topics, structurally, this was much better debate. It, it was, you actually had could hear the ideas. Both guys were a lot more respectful because Trump would just made himself an asshole in the first one. There's no fans or buts about it. Yeah. So, and one, so, last thing, one last thing I want to say before we uh, start uh, jumping into, this, into the sections of the debate um, is... I really dislike what Biden said in um, his ad recently, and it was the thing where he said that the U.S. has never lived up to um, the idea that the U.S. is. Yeah, that's kind of a shitty thing to say. And so my question is, is so were we not living up to it when we liberated the concentration camps in Europe? Did we not live up to it when we ended segregation or even earlier than that, when we passed the Thirteenth Amendment, or how about the fact that we, as a as a as a nation, overwhelmingly elected Barack Obama twice, who got a Nobel Peace Prize for living? I mean, he himself said when he was getting the Peace Prize, he said, "I don't know why I'm getting this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, we've really done a lot of great things, and as a nation, we've done a lot of terrible things. But you'll find that. Yeah, and it's 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 do we do we have problems as a nation? Without question, without question. But when you compare it to other countries, this is the thing that a lot of people don't want to admit. But when you look at other countries, we're actually a lot better off, even despite the culture war that we're in. We're still better off than all the other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at China right now, and I'll just take like I'm a my background is Christianity, but um, like China, you know, has been after Christians for a while, but but people aren't really paying attention to is they're like rounding up the Muslims right now and basically putting them in retraining camps. Yeah, concentration camps is the, is the uh, is what I've heard. Yeah, so. You know, I mean, China's China's really locking down like just on any major religious uh, groups. Right. And I know they're wanting to mandate the inclusion. I mean, this is very 1940s and 50s, like Hitler, Stalin, and the third one, Mao Zedong. Uh, you have to have a Mao Zedong um, portrait, and the uh, current guy, I believe his name is Xi Jinping. If I'm pronouncing that correctly, I probably butchered it. But yeah, you you're supposed to have uh, those portraits in your households if you're in China. Hmm, that's cool. I mean, it's terrible, but it's, it's kind of neat that that that's the requirement again. So huh. yeah, not not at all a curse. Uh, not a bleh, not at all a personality type situation. Uh-uh. No, no, not in the slightest. But yeah, so um. Let's uh let's go ahead and hop into the topics then. All right. So section 1 of the debate, we have the first portion which was the virus. And would you want do you want to go first on your thoughts or do you, or would you like me to go ahead? No, go ahead. You can start her off. Start okay. Her off. So, uh I thought um so here here's my thoughts. Biden still has not put forth any piece of a plan that Trump has not already done. Okay. He continues to blame Trump for the virus, and he has not once acknowledged China's fault in said virus. And despite (laughs) most of the deaths in the country, which uh, have come from New York, which is also, which is run by another garbage governor, Andrew Cuomo, part of Biden's party. Um, (laughs) Biden is uh, literally saying that everyone who died would be alive if Trump had, quote, done the right thing. So let me give a little timeline for those that need to be reminded when it comes to this Trump needed to do the right thing. Okay, so all the way back in January, Trump issued a national public health emergency and began the restrictions from China. And then as late as March, Nancy Pelosi was saying, come on down to Chinatown in California. I think it was San Francisco was the town she was in. And Andrew Cuomo was saying, there's nothing to worry about. Go to, go, go to theaters. <laughs> right. Right. So it's just funny because I, I, in my notes, literally, at one point, and this was in a 30-second thing, I literally just wrote down as part of Biden's plan is blame Trump, blame Trump, blame Trump, blame Trump. Blame Trump. Like he's discussing his plan, and in his plan, that's what he's basically discussed. He hasn't really said this is what we're going to do. It's just that Trump's done it all wrong, over and over and over. He says Trump's done it all wrong. 
And it's like, mm, you're really not saying that you're going to would have done anything different. Did you? Oh, I would have done this sooner. I would no. I mean, there are certain things you can look back in hindsight and say yes to, but for the most part, you probably would have said followed the same standard protocol that he did. I mean, yeah, that it wasn't like you know, I'm, I'm not trying to it or rob. I'm going to guess that this was pretty much pro- like a protocol shutdown with a few minor tweaks in it. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that this was so... If the government wasn't prepared for something like this as far as the, the procedures, it's appalling. So for him to say, well, we would have done this different. We would have done that different. No, you probably would have followed the same structural plan that Trump really did. And let, you and just let, wouldn't have to worry about as much political slap in the face because Trump, no matter what Trump does, he's racist and xenophobe. Right. And let's be clear about something too. This was the ultimate opportunity for an executive power grab and Trump did not seize on it. He governed pretty conservatively and let the states handle it themselves. Now, granted, he kept offering help and a lot of the, a lot of the blue states, I hate to put it this way, but they refused to help. All right. Well, they wanted the cash, Jake. They just didn't want any other part of it. Right, right. <laughs> Versus if you look at other countries, they have seized on the executive uh, uh, overhead power grabs. You know? Right. So you know, could, This could have easily, be, easily been a martial law situation. Easily could have been a martial law situation. They could have locked everything down, and everyone stays home, and the military will deliver their food weekly. And Trump and Trump made a and and this is the thing. I have to be a lot harsher on Biden this time. I and I know it's probably seemed like it we were last time, but like okay, so an excellent point was made from Trump about the H one N one analogy. Had it been more deadly than COVID, seven hundred thousand people would have been dead. Right. Well, that's a bad thing. You just we just never really know what it could be. I mean. The numbers they're predicting, you know, he's talking about rates and he's saying we're getting this many more people infected. But he said that they're predicted to lose another 200,000 people by Christmas. Well, if you look at the numbers, I'm not saying this isn't deadly. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, there are people, loved ones that I don't want to get it. What I'm saying is if you look at the numbers, yeah, we had a buttload of people dying from it in the beginning. I'm not saying we still don't, but we have definitely proportionally... For the amount of people getting it now, the amount of people dying is, has gone is, way down. Is dropping, yes, because we're not just venting people instantly anymore. So as we get more and more decisive on our our on our protocols and and what works and what doesn't, you're going to see that number continue to decrease and continue to decrease. And now you're still going to get deaths, and I'm not saying you're not, and that's an unfortunate thing. But there is no one. No one on this earth that, when something like this happens, can say, I can do this and stop every single death. Yeah, and what <laughs> when asked what uh, Biden said he was going to do, he said, quote, I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country, end quote. And right. my question is, um, how? Again, right. he's not proposed anything that Trump hasn't done. In fact, if anything... Uh, Biden would be stricter on the lockdowns. And the World Health Organization has even recently said that lockdowns probably weren't all that effective and are not the best strategy. Well, the problem is people... Well, I mean, people don't 
want to lock i mean people don't want to lock down let's face it people want to we're social creatures so even if you shut everything down in our local towns all the kids still went out and played and everything and now it's cold so now whereas beforehand it reduced it because you were outside and you know you weren't in a room with each other now everyone's going to do the same thing they're doing but inside so i just i don't see I don't see the numbers improving just because he thinks he can legislate it out. I still think people will get together and do stuff. Agreed. Um, oh, <laughs> and the last thing I got for the virus. Um, from, again, another thing that Biden said. Teachers, not that many of you are going to die. Just some of you. I might have added that last part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's being very uh, facetious towards Trump on that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so in in mine, um, I was curious. He's talking about like we're not seeing spikes like spikes in other countries, like or we're seeing spikes worse than spikes in other countries. And 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 my um, Biden said that. And my question is, you know, we are testing a lot more. And I'm not saying we're testing a lot more in every country, but Let's face it, our country's testing a crazy amount. So um, if all countries are seeing spikes, but not as bad as us, is it just because there's, one, a crap ton more of us, and two, we're testing more than the rest of the world? Mm-hmm. So on a, that, on a, on a what, uh, per capita basis? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, um, you know, Trump, at least, uh, his plan... Um, he keeps pushing this vaccine, and I don't know why he pushes it this way. He needs to back off of it, but hey, we're very close. We're very close. In a couple of weeks, you know, this is just my... Well, and that was a leading question. She was like, is that a guarantee that's going to be here in a few weeks? And he He's smartly like, said, no. No, I can't guarantee it. But, you know, he, he is very pushy on that, and that is... I'm not going to say a weakness because he's trying to be optimistic and hopeful, but I think if you just keep yanking the rug out from people, I, I don't... I don't see that as a positive, but at least they did pass for the new drug. I can't remember what the name of it is. Uh, yeah, no, didn't write it down. Don't remember. Well, she but, referenced the treatment that uh, yeah. that Trump got the yeah. Regeneron thing. Yeah, and, and I think they're they're moving Remdesivir, forward. something like that. Yeah, yeah, they're moving forward with it. Um, however, one of my favorite takeaways on the Trump side of it is by far he has the it's the hilarious name for me of what their logistics are for the military to deliver vaccines and it's operation warp speed yes <laughs> i just couldn't i couldn't get over it uh, and every time he says it i just picture from star wars like the the camera from the from the door going yeah. into the cockpit of the millennium falcon and then them pushing the lever forward and the and stars stars just start, start uh, zooming and then they yeah go into light speed or warp speed in this case yeah yeah that's i just every time i see that and then so like when i was seeing like if if when people were pointing blame i always liked that on trump's side he blamed china it was you know china it is china but when you look at biden it was trump 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 it's never like you said never mentioned china it's never like hey the only time we mentioned china is when he's saying well trump didn't pay much attention because china he just let china do whatever they wanted it's like, um, you were gonna crawl right back into bed with China on the econ side if you guys get if if the Democratic Party gets back in as the the president. So I uh I can't see that you would have treated China better. As a matter of fact, Trump has been a pain in the ass to China his entire 
time as presidency. So yeah, he gave uh, what do you say twenty eight billion dollars to farmers, and that was from taxed money from China. Mm-hmm. Whereas Biden thought it was from taxpayer dollars from U.S. <laughs> U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you for a while, just because we live in where we live and the people I talk to, there were some farmers around here, and even to this point, there are farmers around here who didn't like Trump because. Not all of them, not a lot of them, but then like Trump, because he what he started out doing was actually killing the price of crops. I mean, it was driving the price of crops down, which for farmers bad because, you know, they're producing crop. That's how they make their money. But yeah. what happened is by the time it was all said and done, he was tired of China stealing intellectual property of the crops, you know, of, of anything, but of the crops. And um, so at first he was kind of starving the farmers out, Trump was. But after this deal got passed that guaranteed him buying so much of, of this many bushels of corn and, and wheat and soybean and all this stuff, well, it drove the prices up quite a bit. And so now the farmers were coming and getting ready to make money on it. And, you know, that was kind of part of the deal. He he kind of had to break them, which was kind of breaking us at the same time. So it, it's funny that Biden thought he was hurting farmers because he was kind of hurting farmers in the game, not the beginning game. Yep. And that's what he was. But, uh, yeah, on the... On the whole shutdown topic for this, I do like how Trump's like, no, I don't want any shutdowns. We need to get people back in school. You know, the loss of jobs is a huge problem. Suicide's a huge problem. Abuse and neglect is a huge problem. You know, people are dying, not from COVID, but because we're shutting things down. So you have to take that into account when you're figuring up, do we keep it open or close it? Because if you're, if, if the solution is worse than the actual cause then you know we're in we're in trouble here so i did like that um well then the other thing too is that whole bit about the uh if everyone wore masks deal that uh which by the way i uh appreciated <laughs> biden being uh very virtue signaling and i know that caleb hates that word so Hi, Caleb. Virtue signal, <laughs> virtue signal. <laughs> but he came out wearing the mask and took it off as soon as he came on stage. Right. And here's right. the thing about the mask is um, unless you wash that thing every day, it's not it's actually making it worse. Well, and so and just even if you take away from it, like forget forget the like actual hygiene. But this is the problem with masks. He should, a presidential candidate just demonstrated it excellently. Did he handle the mask correctly? No. He took it off. He wadded it into a ball. He handled it. He moved it around. He, there was nothing correct about that. There's no, That mask is contaminated now, and you've contaminated everything around you with it. So yep. did the mask help? No, because everything he touched, he had just touched his own way he'd been breathing out. So, And I'm not saying that in his situation it was, wasn't going to be able because I'm sure people clean the crap out of everything before they touched anything he touched. But at the end of the day, that is how people handle their mask. And he was a perfect example of it. So yep. it just doesn't... I'm saying masks do help. There is no if, ands, or but. Masks help. But if one person's not wearing one, and nine people are, the nine people's going to blame the one person. Not take into account that of the nine people, six to seven of them, mishandled and misused that mask inappropriately. Yeah, they're fidgeting with their mask. Right. They're scratching so, their faces. They're so touching themselves. The one guy that, that they dirty. considered... Yeah. The one guy that they're considering the, the, the asshole in the group may be less dangerous 
than the rest of the guys who are mishandling the masks in the group. So that's my biggest problem with the whole Biden demonstrated it perfectly. I, I mean, that's that's the only way I can say it. Biden just demonstrated it excellently. I think Biden was subliminally bitching about the fact there was no plexiglass on their uh, podiums when he was talking <laughs> about restaurants. Yeah, yeah, and we should continue on that because let's just roll into the the uh, well, kind of. Or do you want to go in order of national security, or do you want to skip into the? I was going to move to national security, okay. but I was like, I the re- the restaurant comment was still somewhat related to COVID because he was saying, well, actually, and it ties to other things too because plexiglass is made from oil, right? So it ties into a bunch of it. That's why I was going to say, um, for instance, so he's talking about. You know, Trump's like, I don't want to shut anything down. And Biden's like, yeah, I'm not ruling out shutdowns. I mean, he never said that directly, but you could tell he was not going to answer that question. Yes or no. It was never going to be a yes or no. So um, when it comes to shutdown, he wasn't per se opposed to it. I'm going to shut down the virus, not the business. Bullshit. You're going to have to shut down business. This is my guess. So when he says that, we're talking about, you know, we, we need to fund these businesses. We need to do this. We need to do that. Well, these businesses are collapsing, and you're going to expect them to buy plexiglass, which is a product of the oil that you don't want anymore either. So, mm-hmm. I mean, literally, all the subjects tied together in that one sentence, like, everything you want to do contradicts itself. Also, again, how this whole plexiglass thing ties into so many topics, and how you just mentioned how Biden wants nothing to do with the oil industry anymore and yet it's okay for his son hunter biden to get uh, all tied up in a oil and fossil fuels company with yeah 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 so my i i wrote on the back so i what i did is i wrote all my notes on one page and then on the back of the page i would write my my conclusion and um my conclusion for the whole covid topic is both sides want to point fingers. Yep. It's all COVID. And COVID is either Donald Trump's fault or China's fault. So that was my conclusion for the COVID portion. Well, this seems like a good point for me to place an ad read because I need to go to the bathroom real quick. Okay. So we're going to pause right here and we'll be back. Enjoy the smooth sounds of a small child shooting a handgun. Hey guys, this is the Brett 983, and this is the first time I've ever shot it. She's like five. Ready? Or eight. Eight. Alright, Jeff, thank you for that excellent ad read. What the hell is that? I'm starting my show. That was a that was an eight year old shooting a handgun. Oh my I said God. just because Jake says the show's stopped, I'm going on. Well, but remember, I'm the one who edits the show, and what you will have just heard as we get back to this was Jeff reading an ad, uh, a pre-recorded ad read from months ago, and it was I, you, my friend, doing the middle ad read. <laughs> I did it was me. You're welcome. That, that beautiful, beautiful ad read, which I might add, is uh, has our very original 
intro music from the first five episodes of the show. First five? Yep. Golden Child right here. All right. Let's move right along to national security. Yes, sir. So, so what, I, I'll, I'll take the lead on, on this portion, on the second question. And okay. what I absolutely loved is the first thing they basically brought up in national security is um, voter security, more so than anything. And they're like, you know, these this Russia is interfering. Ukraine's interfering. China's interfering. You know, what are we going to do about this? And I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think there's been an a election in the last, probably since the Cold War, honestly, where they haven't tried to interfere. So, like, if people are really surprised by this or appalled by, like, the, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're doing this. This is nothing new. Like, last time they were talking about how tr they thought Trump was, you know, benefiting from interference. When it turned out, actually, it showed that Hillary Clinton had a benefited from the interference. Anyway, we won't go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, so the fact that everyone's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're interfering in elections. They do every single election since the cold war there has yep, been and as a matter of fact speaking of of the cold war i'm trying to remember who was the leader of the soviet union when kennedy got elected but he basically said to him you're welcome i got you elected right yeah it, it was it's insane so the the fact that this was such a oh my gosh alarming topic yes we need to discuss it yes we need to put better plans in place yes we need to stop interference but i think we have just as much internal air interference as we do external interference if we don't have more internal interference did you mention iran iran i know i did not iran was on that list though okay so that was the one i was wanting to make a comment on <clears throat> where there were emails that have been confirmed by, I believe, hold on, I gotta look at my notes. Well, I want to say it was the FBI, no, sorry, that's the laptop deal. But real quick on the laptop deal, Department of Justice and the FBI confirmed that those emails were not Russian disinformation. Um, but Iran... <laughs> Iran was sending out emails to, I think, like three states in the country. I can't remember which one of them or which three they were, but I think Florida may, might have been one of the three. <laughs> but they were posing them as if they were from the Proud Boys, which I will admit I still don't know too much about the Proud Boys, but from what I can tell, they are just like people who don't like Trump call him a racist, even though he's not, um, are, uh, uh, the, the emails are posed as being from the Proud Boys, threatening harm on people if they don't, or if they, yeah, if they don't vote for Trump, and it was confirmed that those emails were, uh, forged from Iran, so they weren't actually coming from said Proud Boys, so <laughs> that is foreign interference on behalf of Biden. Right. Maybe not on behalf, but in favor of Biden. Right. Yeah, they're they're not doing Trump any benefit there. Which, you know, Iran would like Biden to be in charge, to get back to that Iran nuclear deal. Right. Because, right. if I'm not mistaken, they were making good money off of that, and they, they, they 
quote-unquote promised to stop pursuing nuclear development, which I think one of two things. One, they were still doing it secretly. Or two, they're going to go back to nuclear development after they've uh, made a bunch of money from all those sanctions that were lifted. I mean, hey, you know what? We're having a hard time affording it, so yeah, let's just hold off for a little bit. We'll, We'll just collect some paychecks. We'll put it in the bank. We'll buy some really cool nuclear stuff afterwards. We don't even need to develop our program. We'll just buy someone else's program, right? All right. Or I mean, both at the same time. They could be still. They could just be working on it in secret, right. And just putting up a front. Like they could be, for all we know, having a facility hidden somewhere where the, you know, uh, European Union or United States, the the in- inspectors are supposed to be looking at. I'm doing right. air quotes as I'm saying that. Right. I heard the air quotes in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> so. So that was that was one of the things on that I, I thought was kind of funny is when Biden said Russia doesn't want me in. Why would Russia care if you're in or not? I mean, honestly, it's probably going to be easier to deal with you than it is Trump because Trump's kind of a wild card. And that's I'm not saying that as a positive thing. I'm saying that as Trump is kind of a wild card. You don't really know if. If you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out kind of deal. So I, I don't see that. But I think it's funny. Like Trump brought up the uh, $3.5 million from the mayor of Moscow's wife uh, that his son got that was proven on the <laughs> yeah. laptop. And then Biden's like, I do not take any money. And I, I just had to laugh because I was like, you know what? Let's just throw that out the window. Let's say that that the laptop thing never happened. Don't tell me as a presidential candidate or as a senator as a congressman that you don't take any money because that is a bold-faced lie you know i i even if it comes at the end of the day these guys take money from lobbyists and so you can say well i don't take foreign money no but that foreign place paid this company to send their lobbyists to give you money so yeah, so, so you might not have got it directly. You got it indirectly. Right. right. So and, and I wrote that on both sides of the thing for Trump and Biden. When they say I don't take money, bullshit. I don't. I don't believe there's a person in Washington that doesn't take money in some way, shape, or form. And I'm not saying literally cash, but they take some sort of equity of some nature. So. Yep. So whenever any politician says that, automatically it's like that's a bullshit statement. Don't even say that. By the way, I can't remember if this was during the national security bit, but the thing that has that annoyed me both times in the debates was Biden doing the very and it's funny, it's going to be real funny for me to say this, but the very last century thing of looking into the camera and appealing <laughs> to the middle class American about the like he used the example of like the kitchen table and right. how there's an empty seat, and I'm not saying that those situations haven't happened, but it's so it's such a BSC through tactic and Trump called him out on it. Well, I, I'm not gonna lie. I thought at one point I was watching an 80s movie. So he looks at the camera, he squints, he grabs his podium and squeezes ever so lightly so you can tell that he's gripping the podium. And he says this this message in this somewhat deeper voice than he was talking a moment ago. And it's like I'm watching an 80s movie right now. Like this guy legit watched you know Rocky or something before he came here. Ladies and gentlemen, I implore you, please look at me and listen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it was. I agree. I noticed that whenever he was, um, he, whenever he was doing 
a lot of his I'm going to hit you with a hard fact moments. And it just, it made me laugh on this because they went into like the, after they got into the mudslinging about the 3.5 million from Russia, he's like, well, show me your taxes. And then Trump's like, I prepaid, which I don't even know if you could do that. I'm not sure if you would. Like he said, he didn't. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know so much on that either. I didn't know whether, yeah, like you were saying, whether you could do that or not. He could be full of shit on this. I mean, he said he didn't even really know at one point. He just said his accountants were doing their job and paying and, you know, trying to get ahead of this. Is that possible? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, but at the end of the day, if Trump paid $750 in taxes, which I cannot fathom how he would do that. I mean, somebody needs to give his accountant like $10 million if that's what happened because that guy is good. But if he did it, he was using loopholes. And those loopholes would have been created over Joe Biden's career. So, at the end of the day, I don't care if anyone uses a loophole that exists. The problem's not we need to tax the rich more. The problem's not, you know, this guy isn't paying his taxes. The problem is you keep creating loopholes that you can use to get out of paying taxes. And then these rich people find those loopholes because they have accountants who are smart and they get out of them too. So, Quit making loopholes. Just have people pay their taxes, and this whole point goes away. Which Biden had a good part over what his forty years in Congress, or I mean, his forty years in office that he could have, you know, shut some loopholes. Yeah, and fun fact about uh, again his appeal to middle class Americans: two things. And it was a really interesting poll. And again, the, and the, and when I say this, I want to preface by saying. This really is an election where it's it's such a back and forth day to day and almost hour to hour as to who the heck is going to win the uh, election. Right. Um, but there was a poll that came out that uh, asked whether or not you were better off than you were four years ago. And more than half of the poll uh, pollsters answered yes. Right. So that means that they were better off under Trump than the previous administration. Right. And and to add to that, it took eight years under Obama for to see a $1,000 average increase in income versus in the three years of Trump's first term, we got a $4,000 increase due to him... Uh, decreasing regulation and in, and increasing trust in the stock market. Right. That's what they said. You know, I forget. I think one of my friends was making about three percent through Obama, three to five percent on their investments, and then they went up to making fourteen percent in the last three years on their investments. So mm-hmm. that's huge. Like when you're talking retirement, that's huge. That's a lot of money. And so it, it is funny. I did have to laugh because at this point of the debate, though, I started noticing that it, when it was going quickly back and forth, when she, the moderator was trying to move on to the next subject or the next question, and it was kind of going quick and quickly back and forth, and both people were like, well, no, wait a second, I want to respond to that. She would say, okay, very quickly. Okay, very quickly. Okay, very quickly. And But she never really got to progress until finally she's like, Okay, I'm just moving on to the subject. So I was kind of impressed because I figured at some point they would just literally mute both their mics and then she would go on to the next thing, and they never really did. No, I mean, yeah, they didn't. No, it. but you know what? 
And see, I didn't even really say anything right there. Although I think you understand what I'm trying to say, which is, despite all that, uh, it was still better than the first debate. <laughs> right, right. But I just kind of sounded like Biden there for a second where I was kind of fumbling all over, which is why it's a good thing I'm not running for office because I would be making a lot of Biden clips like the one, and I'll, sh I'll share this with you later, of saying developed the most extensive voter fraud system in American history. Is that what he said? Yes, I will share the clip with you when we're done here. <laughs> but but speaking of things Biden said, still on the national security thing, when they were talking about the deal with uh, the relationship with North Korea, and yeah. Trump was saying how we have a, a much better relationship with Kim Jong-un. Yeah. And Biden's response was, we had a good relationship with Hitler before he invaded Europe. No, we didn't. No. No. We did not like we did not like Europe or I mean, not Europe uh Hitler Europe didn't like Hitler the US didn't like Hitler we like even from a distance we're like uh don't know about what's going on over there but this is also when we were kind of isolationist so we're like we're just going to mind our own business whereas Europe like England and France they were in no real position to do anything to stop him they just kind of hoped to appease him and that he would stop Nobody liked Hitler. There was no quote-unquote good relationship, as Biden put it. Right. Right, that was just an emotional response is what he went for there. People know yeah. the word Hitler, and they don't know their shit about him, so I'm just going to use Hitler, and they won't know that I'm lying to him. By the way, I, I, this is a slight um, side note here, but I want to say this real quick. Um, I, was lis I was listening to... Uh, one of my shows, and 40% of youth, and that's not just people in, like, the K-12 through system. That's, like, I think even in the in their, like, early 20s and so forth. 40% do not know about the Holocaust in Auschwitz. Yeah. That's sad. That's extremely sad. Hey, you know what they say, though? Those who don't know the history are doomed to repeat it, so. Yep. Yep, which is... We could go on a tangent about the whole debate about statues, but I'm going to say let's move on to healthcare. And I'm going to guess you have more to say on it, so I'm going to go first. Okay. <laughs> and I will say what little I've got for healthcare because I am not the I am not the go-to person when it comes to thoughts about healthcare. But I I tr I tried to tried my best to make some sort of contributing point to the conversation. And then I figured I'd let you uh, riff off the foundation that I made, and you can build the rest of this house. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> so there's this talk of the public health option, and I was trying to, I was looking up trying to understand what the heck a public health option would be. And the way I understand it is, if you do a public health option, what it'll do is it's going to kill the private insurance market. And so the analogy that I came up with, and, you, and correct me if I'm wrong when I'm done with my little spiel here, so I'm going to rely on you a little bit here, but correct me if I'm wrong. It would be like uh, Walmart killing small businesses to where they would lower the cost so low until the competition is out of business, and in this instance, it would be private insurance. There is no more private insurance. And then they would just drive the prices back up, thus monopolizing the health care. So if private insurance is killed off this way, you could see income tax of 50% or higher. And I found California, as an example, to be over 60%. Right. And that's so, about all I got on the healthcare topic. 
so in all honesty, you're you're from what I understood of it, you're pretty accurate. And I would call this like Obamacare was stepping stone number one to get you to socialized medicine. And and the whole time Biden during this is saying he doesn't want socialized medicine. He wants you to maintain private insurance. And he wants to drive the cost down. And you know what? He can say that because it's it's legitimate and sincere. I truly believe he wants to. But I think that his method of doing it is just the next stepping stone towards the socialized medicine because of exactly what you've said. Um, the other problem I see running into, um, for instance, they kind of... Illinois, I won't say did that. I will say it's kind of like the, we'll say, uh, stepchild to the system Joe's providing, or or proposing, not providing, but proposing. Um, So Illinois, its Medicaid system, by the way, which a fair amount of places will not take Medicaid because they don't pay for anything. Like Joe said, we're not going to charge you anything, so when we don't charge you anything, then we tell these providers we're not paying them anything for it either. So um, going on that note, the Illinois system decided to allow the private system to kind of do it too, and so the like Blue Cross Blue Shield got in it, but it's through Illinois still, and it's, and everything's still done through Illinois. It's just got the words Blue Cross Blue Shield on it, but um, it comes up as essentially Medicaid, and I'm, it's not knocking Medicaid. Medicaid's a reasonable thing, but it just doesn't pay anything. So you'll see your providers hop out of it real quick. So Joe may offer this. And you will be able to go somewhere with it. It may not be close. It may not be good. But you will probably be able to find somewhere that you can go with this public option insurance policy. So, you know, when when he's talking about these public options, I, I don't know the details in depth and what they're, they're doing. I just, I, and I always want to look for other things, but the method that he was suggesting I don't see how it doesn't socialize medicine. I just don't. Because like you said, it will, if it is successful at what it does and drives these prices down, I think it's going to drive the insurance companies out of the market. Which I want the insurance companies, the prices to go down. But in the method he's doing it, it's kind of like, like you said, it's it's the Walmart analogy or the Amazon analogy. Yeah, it's there'd be a s- brief... There'd be a brief few-year window where we would, yeah, enjoy these lower prices, but they would. The private insurance companies would not be making enough benefit or uh, 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 revenue or or whatever. I'm losing my losing the term, but uh, enough to sustain themselves to keep going, and then they would foreclose or uh, whatever the term is I'm looking for. (laughs) And I I just don't. I don't even know if they would. I think their prices would just go up a little bit more for the average household. And then those people who couldn't afford it would have to hop over this public option and get poor quality care. They, the quality, I'd say the biggest issue with what Joe's proposing long term is uh, quality of care issues will we'll get poor, poor quality of care, which that would be more the method to go towards the socializing. Not so much the we can't make money anymore, but the quality of care has dropped so bad, which will insurance companies because they're not making as much money to say we're not paying for these services anymore so then the quality of care for everyone else goes down but um yeah that that's kind of the the thing on what what joe was saying um well i did have to laugh though when he was talking about his public option he said that way medicare can negotiate the rates i don't know if he's ever been in in a doctor's office or not um he was acting like Medicare negotiating rates was going to be like this revolutionary, like mind blowing thing. Um, Medicare doesn't negotiate rates. Medicare dictates rates. For instance, the field I work in is physical therapy. And this year, 
Medicare is cutting physical therapy 9%. So whatever you make on your Medicare patients, what your, your standardized thing is, they are cutting 9% of that out off the top automatically. And then if you don't jump through the hoops that they've added, they've added new hoops that you have to do on every single patient. And it's just like BS questions, right? So like um, we, we do a depression scale. And hey, it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's bad, but are physical therapists the most qualified people to do a depression scale? Probably not. Now, it's worked out. I've seen success in it, so it's not a bad program. But it's something they've added that if we don't do that, then we can get up to another 9% cut. So if we didn't do any of that, and we just said we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and not do your modifications, that's an 18% cut. So don't tell me Medicare doesn't negotiate rates because Medicare has always negotiated rates, and then all the other insurance companies follow suit. So when he said that, I just kind of laughed to myself. I was like, man, he's never actually sat in an office before that does any of this. But um, No, he's, he's sucked off the government tip for 47 years. Now, I will say, and I, everyone knows I'm pro-Trump, um, as far as, I won't say I'm like pro-pro-Trump, but I like Trump, I like his policies and everything. He's arrogant and he's got personal flaws, but beyond that. Um, so what he's done in health insurance, um, when you look at what his original, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that back in 2016, uh, it kind of looks like he forgot about health insurance. I mean, this is his weakest subject, I would say, when we're talking about could he have done something better? Definitely. Now, he did take the mandate off, which is fantastic because that was making you pay for a service that you should have the option whether or not you want to pay for. Um, so he took the mandate off. Um, he does want the pre-existing to continue, so that's good. You know, that's fantastic. Even if he got another system out that he only kept using, like, the words, <laughs> it's going to be beautiful, it's going to be great. And all I could think of is the South Park episode when they're talking about Demon George R. R. Martin. Yeah, where it's like, winter's coming. It's going to be great. It's going to be so spectacular. And that's all you I could think about. You won't believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's all I could think about when Trump was talking about this. So I I have to say, all in all, Trump didn't do much for healthcare. He really just didn't. Um, not not really anything. That was the general overthink. So it, it is by far his weakest point from his 2016 election. He did He just didn't follow through enough to... To do something, you know, I'm not saying he personally needed to fix the system, but there should have been some team out there trying to fix this system. So that's my that's my qualms. As far as it goes, um, Biden's plan, I won't say it's. I don't like it. I'm not going to say it's a terrible plan. I don't like the plan and the fact that it will definitely push us one step closer to socialized medicine. And Trump, I don't like the fact that we really haven't done it. So as a whole, healthcare is, was not like a great subject matter to me during this debate. When they talked about it, neither side really provided me with anything that I think looks better than, than, than what we got. And we definitely need something better than what we got. So I, I, I don't feel confident in this election resolving healthcare. I think, though, wow, we're already at an hour. Oh, yeah, uh, man, we're going we're gonna to hit... We're going to hit some, uh, how many subject matters we got still? Three? Uh, well, that's kind the of, thing. Like two-ish. I, what's that? I said kind of like two-ish. Yeah. Um, if you want to lead those, uh, and I'll, I'll make, a, I'll make my comments. Uh, but like before we jump into the next section, uh, I wanted to say real quick, I think Trump has 
if if he only serves one term or if he serves two terms, regardless, I think what he's what he has served as is an example that the Republicans need to, uh, and it's funny in hindsight, uh, need to put forth a different kind of candidate because when you look at the Republican candidates before, uh, they did they tried John McCain. Mitt Romney, and they wanted to trot out Jeb Bush in 16. Right. And I think they didn't realize... I think Trump is them realizing the fact that them going in these races is the Republican Party going against the media establishment, and I, I think it took until Trump for them to realize that because when you look at the way... Romney, for example, was attacked in 2012 by guess guess who? Joe Biden. Uh, that he he said that Mitt Romney was going to put black people back in chains, <laughs> which is just hilarious because and the me and 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 how the media ran with uh, the story of Mitt Romney's folder of women when what he said was I would like a qualified woman and I'd like a list of qualified women to serve on my cabinet, but they, they spun it as a sexual deviant thing. Right. Right. So I think Trump was the first one to come along and, and fight back against that crap. Whereas all the previous candidates were just running on the be polite ticket. Oh yeah. Just take the punches. Sorry, I, I I ran on a tang- tangent. No, there, no, but I felt, I felt like saying it. No, I can I can I completely agree there, and um, I I really feel like how do I want to say this? I feel like they really threw Mitt Romney under the bus on a lot of subject matters because he was an easy target, right? Um, yeah, he was the most milk toast guy. <laughs> right, he. I feel bad for him in that regard. I'm pretty sure that the um, Mitt Romney was a, I believe he's a Mormon. I mean, the Church of Latter-day Saints, if I want to be politically correct, but he's a Mormon. So they didn't really believe in slavery. Mormons weren't real cool with that through their teaching. So um, I'm not saying they didn't have it, but I'm saying for the most part, they were out of it. Because let's face it, they were pushed out of most of our states pretty early on. So, so I think they really railroaded him. But um, anyway, going back on the anyway, debate. we're on it. We're on a bit of a tangent, Jeff. Tangent. Uh, steer us back on course. What's the next but, section? All right. So next section, I guess, would be the economy and the loss of jobs, and that's namely what they did. Once again, it kind of went back to a finger pointing match here, and I didn't feel like anything was overly strong in that regard, other than kind of what we mentioned prior. That um, the how do I put this? Trump wants to leave the. I mean, he he does. He wants to keep businesses rolling. He wants to keep people at work. Um, and try to keep things moving forward. Biden says he does, but you know, at the end of the day, it seems like Biden wants to close things again. Um, so they even get a this, restaurant running at twenty five percent capacity is not going to sustain itself. No, the people can't. You can't feed people. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to pick two waitresses and two cooks that's going to run the whole thing for the entire time, and they're going to make enough money to survive? Or are you going to try to rotate all your people through and all of you drown? I mean, 
at the end of the day, people are losing their jobs when you do that. So <clears throat> they talk about, like, Trump goes in and talks about, you know, we're trying to pass something and they won't do it. And then Biden comes in and says, well, we've been trying to pass the HEROES Act, but they won't do it, which I wouldn't pass the HEROES Act anyway because the HEROES Act is a bunch of shit that shouldn't be in there. It should be a COVID bill. It should not be anything else. We've been COVID trying to pass only. a $1.8 trillion relief bill, and Nancy Pelosi keeps saying no. Right, because <clears throat> she wants to backdoor other policies into it. <clears throat> so at the end of the day, I don't think that we're going to see another bill. I don't. I really don't think we'll see another bill. <clears throat> I think we'll, we'll see something really diluted, but... <clears throat> As far as I'm concerned, if they're going to backdoor a bunch of shit that shouldn't be in there, it should be a COVID-only thing, not a COVID this, 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 and this thing we've wanted to ramrod through for a while. It should be only COVID. <clears throat> if you want to discuss anything else in this bill, you should be thrown out of This is the point where I'm, I get mad enough to say I miss um, tarring and feathering politicians <clears throat> because what I found his, <clears throat> What I found hysterical was Wolf Blitzer, who I believe is CNN, was asking Pelosi, why won't you agree to the relief bill? And she was calling him an apologist. <laughs> and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Wolf Blitzer is CNN, which is the most anti-Trump news network there is. Right. And she's calling him an apologist for Trump, for, for daring <laughs> to ask the question, why won't you agree to the relief bill? Right. It's just insane. And then the other thing, you know, we can't get along on this bill for relief, and it's causing shutdowns. It is. There's businesses that are going to fail because of it, and you lose jobs. The other thing is, um, rate, this is the point where Joe Biden's starting to use the phrase come on a lot. I don't know if you noticed that. I, I really picked up on a Drinking lot of funny, game. funny phrases. Yeah, so the come on, you're going to be hammered by the end of this one, because he kept saying come on. And it wasn't even after Trump said stuff. It was like a lot of things he would say something, then rhetorically say, come on. But um, I thought they would have trained him to quit doing that. I don't I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I will say Biden, on a side note, outside of the econ thing, Biden didn't really seem uh, too uh, all-timery today, this, this one, either. So, no dementia, no nothing. So that was kind of cool. But, um, no, he didn't seem Alzheimer, but what he seemed was uh, lack of comeback because this th this general look of shock on his face when he was proven wrong or ha or that a point of his could possibly be countered right. by the orange man. <laughs> <laughs> by blonde carrot man. But, yeah. um, but uh, then the other thing that was a big topic here was raising the minimum wage. And I was like, you know, should we do this? You know, I'm I'm not opposed to raising the minimum wage federally. It's seven twenty five, I think. But they want to go to fifteen. Is this the appropriate time to raise it at all? Probably not, because we already have companies yeah. failing. So I think you're just gonna drive more. And he basically he did say, well, we need to make sure we raise the money so we can raise everyone out of poverty. I mean, he literally said the words. Um, you know, he's talking about working one or two jobs, and he goes, we need to make it $15 an hour so everyone can come out of poverty. That's not how economics work. There will always be a, a poverty line. It's just... I mean, you, if you have an even rudimentary, basic, you know next to nothing about economics, you should know that that causes inflation. Right. So if you raise that federal minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour, then whatever the poverty line is now... 
will be nothing compared to what the next poverty line will be. It'll be significantly higher. So all you've done is move everyone who didn't get a raise closer to the poverty line. So now those people, you know, I'm not saying everyone's perfect and helps everyone, but the people who were helping others that were farther above the poverty line are closer to the poverty line and they can't help others as much anymore or not at all. So if we could legislate, like you said, if, if we could give them a raise to get them out of poverty, um, why aren't we all millionaires? Why, do, why don't you just make it? Why don't you just make it so everyone's a millionaire? Because it right. obviously wouldn't work. I mean, you can't do that. So why do you think you can do this? Oh yeah, we can play with it a little bit, and for a couple of years it'll look really nice on paper, but it'll eventually catch up and bite you in the ass. And people are like, oh, it inflates really fast now. Oh, it does, and just do that and see how fast it inflates. So. The big thing, I guess, there was the the loss of jobs and him talking about raising a minimum wage and him talking about we need to provide these businesses with um, proper PPE so they can go back to functioning properly. Well, he never said he was going to fund it. He just wants the businesses to put up these plexiglass dividers. So Also, he said PPP. Did he say PPP? <laughs> yeah, he said PPP. <laughs> Personal... I, I thought that was a dementia moment right there. <laughs> Propel your nade. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, so it just, there's a lot of subject matter here that didn't um, didn't work out when you started actually thinking about, like, we're going to, the only way for businesses to succeed, or su- to succeed is to increase their taxes um, to add, make minimum wage higher which will also increase their taxes because you got to pay more money on the money you're paying people. And then we need to make them buy shit so they can run their business right now because there's a virus going on. So we need them to spend more money. And all I heard was small businesses spend money, money, money. And it's like, you know, for everyone saying the Republicans only for big business, all these policies only favor big business that can afford to do it. Yeah, and if you notice, a lot of the people who donate to the democratic party are millionaires and billionaires most of them no i mean yeah there's a lot of big names on both sides but yes it just i'm not saying that there aren't some who don't who who don't donate to the republican party but there's i'd say a higher proportion on the left side currently right and it's just it is it is funny to me how how much people think that uh, either side politicians are definitely for them. No, they're not. They're just all lining their wallet. So if you think that your politician's like this righteous dude and you're out of it, you just have to find the one that hopefully your ideals is going to do the least damage. Right. Your ideals align with their ideals. So, but yeah, so that was really the biggest, uh, biggest thing I took from there was we can't get along on passing this relief bill because one side wants to backdoor shit, the other side just wants to get something out. I'm not saying either side's doing a fantastic job, but you know, doing something's better than nothing. I just don't wanna go into crazy debt because we backdoored a shitload of stuff into a a, a, a policy. What was the next section? Was there another section after this one? Um, they they kind of roll on that section. They mumble on through, but and I'll be honest, I didn't write much down from it because I didn't find anything that was really that valuable on any of my opinions. I was gonna say because that was where I started to run out, and I just had like my closing 
thoughts and uh, a theory that I wanted to put forth at my closing part. Yeah, I, I have my and, quotes. I'm going to run through those real quick, and then we'll, uh, we can go into the closing. So okay. uh, my, I labeled who said it. So some of my favorite quotes, um, Trump, when they're talking about the, the children that have, okay, can't find the parents for, right? And Trump's yep. like, who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages? I love that. Wouldn't quote. answer. Yeah, no, he wouldn't answer, would he? But I did like that quote. Yep. Um, Biden says, we need the minimum wage to 15 to get people out of poverty. That was one. He and thought then, that Trump called himself Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, that that yeah. Well, that's actually my next quote is it was Trump's nobody has done more for the African American people. I just was kind of rolling on that one. I'm not saying Trump didn't help, but you know, I would say Abraham Lincoln, he he said did more. I'd also say, he did say president though, didn't he? He didn't say people. He's no no other president. So I'd say there's there's probably been a few along the way that's done proportionally as much as Trump there. So um, I loved when Trump kept saying, why didn't you do it four years ago, Joe? Or why didn't you do it in the 40 years you've been in, Joe? And then I like when Biden said, the, laptop's a, the laptop is a Russian hoax. And Trump about... Wrong! DOG, FBI, DOJ, FBI, proved that wrong. <laughs> right, I, Trump about rolled off the stage when he said that. Like, I mean, you could tell he was just dying on the inside. But yeah. He no. wanted to burst out laughing so hard. Right, yeah, no. It is not a hoax. It has been proven not to be a hoax, so. But yeah. So, I mean. Oh, I remember what the last thing was. And it was the last one. It was a Trump quote. And he said the, that wind energy kills all the birds. Which <laughs> I know there's some issues. There, there are some documented issues. But it's not really that big of an issue. But he said, wind energy kills all the birds. But yeah. Well, look, we all know that birds aren't real. (laughs) The the last bit of it was the fracking and everything. And um, moving to solar and wind energy. And I agree. You know, hey, it's good. I think we should move to solar and wind energy. The problem is where technology is not there yet. So um, solar, they say the cost of solar is great and all. I mean, for how much you put it in, it, it costs quite a bit. And if they could get that cost down, because solar panels are good, but they lose effectiveness. So if you're somewhere, and I'm not saying like they will always do it, but if you think how much dirt and debris is in the air here or in somewhere like a desert, all that dirt and debris slowly scratches those glass panels over the, the portion that is the actual solar panel that gathers the light. So the more scratches and dirt and debris that sits on top of those and and hazes up that glass the less efficient they are so i i just we're just not in my opinion there if it was a good alternative and then the windmills because it kills the birds jake that was i had to laugh but that was one of those where joe went into the i don't want to frack you know or i never said i'd stop fracking i'm not gonna stop fracking fracking's not bad and then the immediately after the debate the Fox News play montage. The, um, yeah, a literal three or four clip montage of every time Joe Biden said that he didn't want fracking anymore, he's going to get away from well, it. Well, not just Biden, but Kamala said it so many right. times, too. Yeah, Kamala's a wild card. She's more dangerous than any of them, I think. Which, okay. 
are we are we are we at the closing stuff? I'd say closing's ready to roll. You want to close this? You want to you want to start wrapping this up? Yep, let's um, close this up. I'll let you run with the closing. Okay, so I want to I want to bring up two things. One is one that I'm a little more sure on. Not I, I, let me rephrase that. Both of these I'm not a hundred percent sure on, but I have strong suspicions towards. So, do you know about that uh, that deal that Nancy Pelosi is trying to do with the twenty five the twenty fifth amendment to uh, do the thing where there's the supposed to be someone to come? Yes, and if he's unfit to be removed, right? That's not for Trump. No, that is most certainly not for Trump, and Biden should be shaking in his boots about that. That yes, that is for Biden. I got a text message. Um, shout out, Dad. You just texted me in the middle of the show. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not for Trump. That's for Biden. If Biden gets in, like Biden is so afraid of the various factions in his own party. He will not be a bulwark against them. Pelosi will use this to put Kamala in charge. Because Kamala is basically one of Pelosi's disciples, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it. There, I can't remember which magazine came out that she was the most. She is the most liberal uh, senator, like even more so than Bernie Sanders. That's kind of here's terrifying. the thing. Well, here's the thing. I, as much as I disagree with Bernie Sanders's ideas. At least he's genuine and sincere about them. Oh, he is. I mean, he is very passionate and and very... I would say he is wholeheartedly probably one of the most passionate and and committed um, congressmen there is. I mean, he has fought... He's not really wavered on his ideas at all. He has been the same guy through and through his entire crazy grandpa-ish political career. So as far as as planting your feet in the ground and doing what you believe in, Bernie Sanders has done that. And I don't agree with any of his policies. I don't. You know, there's very little I think I, I agree with him on. But I will give kudos to the guy that he has been relentless on what he believes in for his entire political yes. career. So and now I'm going to go for the one that um, is much more so in the camp or uh, category of theory and um i'm not at all saying this is what's going on i've just this is just the thoughts that come to mind as i've started to pay attention to what's going on politically and socially in the country for the last five years uh that was when i decided to start paying attention i was not like i had my values prior but i didn't really understand where my values came from prior to that so Here's let, here. I'll, I'll I'll just lay it out, and and you tell me what you think. Maybe I'm wrong on some things, but I think there's a kind of revolution going on in the country, and I think this election may be, as far as I can tell, the first election that's not just about policy. Now, that's not to say that policy differences in the past couldn't be about like life and death, for example. So like abortion, healthcare, right to bear on, so on and so forth. Um, 
but I think this election may be the first one that's not just about policy distinctions, but the actual structure of the government. I feel like the the hard left, I mean, there are old school liberals out there, so I'm not besmirching them, but I feel like the hard left, which has gained as much as friends of ours who I talk, who we talk to don't seem to think this way, and maybe I'm wrong. This is just me covering bases, but I feel like they disagree with me on this. But I feel like the hard left has influenced their way into positions of political power where they want to do away with things like the filibuster. They want to change the Senate by uh, using majority rule to add states so that the Senate is always disproportionately Democratic-leaning. Right. At least for the rest of our lifetimes. Right. Um, They want to change the Supreme Court by packing it with more than nine judges, which is the number we've had for more than 150 years. Now, Biden says that he's going to make this commission to evaluate how the Supreme Court works, and he says he's going to do that for 180 days. Now, all that's going to do is just go on for long enough so that people forget about the Supreme Court uh, court packing question. Right. I, and, then, and then the big one is they want to get rid of the Electoral College. Right. So... Um, and I know, and so that's the thing. If you do away with the electoral college, and you really want to do a pure democracy, then just a few states are all that's going to determine the the you know the policies that get done right. in the this country. A, and that's you're, the you're, thing you're is, gonna have you're gonna have idiotic mob rule. Well, that's the thing. I, is, and I don't care if, if if and the person that's listening to this, if they've made it this far, I I respect the hell out of you. But I fundamentally disagree with your idea that we could make an app. This is a conversation we had like three or four years ago. But I fundamentally disagree with you that an app where we could have pure, like, uh, a pure popular vote on policy, I do not believe that that would work because people, I don't mean this. I go back to that quote from Men in Black where he says, why not just tell people people are smart? Now, I know this is a, a thing about aliens, but this is this applies to policy as well and, and culture and values. The, the person, the individual is smart, but people are dumb, dangerous, ignorant animals, and you know it. Right. So the, the revolution may not even be that I'm, that I'm theorizing. It may not even be peaceful if you look at what's been going on in places like Portland and Seattle. Those may just be early stages of what might erupt bigger if things go the way I'm afraid they'd go. Again, after I've said all that, I'm not saying that that's what's happening. It's just a theory that's been building in my mind. I'm going to shut up and let you talk. Well, and that's honestly the... uh... The concern is we are not a, a democracy. We are a democratic republic. So, yes, the collective shouldn't vote on everything because, it, one, it would encumber everything, which our current government is encumbered enough, so that may be a problem anyway. But, um, two, like the Electoral College, it makes sense because I was always opposed to it for a very long time, the Electoral College. I was like, we need to get rid of it. Just vote for every – everyone gets their a vote, and it's – you know, popular vote wins, but – if you look at it, then what New York and Los Angeles and Cook County decide the entire election if everyone in those places would vote the same. So that leaves the entire rest of the United States could have voted the other way and it wouldn't have mattered. And that's insanity to me. You know, like the coast will decide what happens to everyone. 
and and we live in a state where where policies dictate to the urban environment and not to the rural environment and so we we lose on a lot of things that yes this is a problem for them but let's make it a localized law for them not for everyone so so the electoral college is essential essential if we want to continue on having any decent freedom whatsoever yeah and that's the thing is like i didn't really understand the electoral college and i still don't like like i i understand the basic workings of it like i'm not I'm not going to claim to be an expert on how these things work. I get the basics of it, and I understand why it's important and why, not to sound preachy or whatever, but why the Founding Fathers put it in in the first place. Right. Well, and that's the bad thing, is the Electoral College, everyone can vote some one way, and in a way, the Electoral College can ignore people's votes and vote a separate way. So, it, it, you know, to, to an extent, I don't think they can truly just completely... You know, if it's ninety percent one candidate, I don't think the electoral college can go against that. But, but it is. I mean, it is truly essential. It really is. And then I want to ask you, because uh, this is like I don't have an answer to this. It's a thought that's been uh, mulling in my head when it comes to this uh, idea. And this this kind of runs in the vein of if we did do a pure democracy, and I feel like if we did do a pure democracy, we'd have to probably do parliament which is a lot of coalition building which is multiple parties which is a lot of like what happened in europe um because i mean i like a lot of what the libertarian party you know a lot of the things they talk about um but if you do multiple multiple parties and you do it the only way that's happened at all which is the parliamentary style you're going to eventually get probably communists and nazis now they'll only be like three or four members in that party but if they're in political positions and you're trying to win on passing a piece of legislation and you've only got 49.5 percent of um your alliance built up someone's eventually going to have to make a deal with the devil and ally with the nazis or the communists to get the majority vote right Nope, that's 100% correct. I just, once again, we have so much problem just voting in general that if everyone was going to vote on everything, you know, a lot more, it would be such a major issue. I, You would have yeah. so so many people who are ignorant. Like, I don't want to vote on foreign policy. I don't know shit about it. So why am I going to be voting yeah. on it? Because I can make the wrong choice real quick. Ever, it's like, try taking a multiple choice test where you have 50 answers and you got to guess one. Well, that's going to be a real blast. Yeah. And 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 on top of that, on top of that, you're you have a limited amount of time to make your uh decision with right. those 50 multiple choice right. options. Cuz we got to get through other subjects now too, right? We got to get through a buttload of stuff. And I don't get a cabinet. I don't get a cabinet of experts telling me, "Hey, you need to worry about this, you need to worry about that." You know, these other you know, politicians That's why we and, elect people to do those jobs for us. Mhm. And we're and this is why we're we have to this is why we're and sometimes to a fault of our own we're sometimes we trust them a little too much but that's why if we don't like the job they do we're supposed to vote them out <laughs> right so I'm ranting I feel like I'm jumping over you at points no no you're good you're fine you're we've done pretty good and I uh, 
the beginning I had some parts where I went real strong. So, no, you had the, the closing worked out. I'm not opposed to it at all. All right. Well, um, we got let's 40 wrap seconds this up. to close this off because it'll be at exactly an hour and a half. Go. Oh, sweet. So, continue to follow us on all of our usual social media minus Twitter. Sorry, Caleb. I got rid of it. Also, check out my new show that I just launched last week. I have only one episode out, but I I plan on trying to do one episode a week. It is called The Hibshman Experience. I will provide a link in the show notes description of this episode. Jeff, do you have any closing things that you would like to say before we say sayonara? Um, if you want to, uh, Coors, Coors Light, if you feel like sponsoring a channel... <laughs> And you wanna you wanna send a couple cases this way? I'm not gonna oppose it. Blue Chew, Blue Chew, Blue Chew. So, um, yep, Coors Light. We'll play a definitely plug in there. Or Michelob Ultra. I mean, we can see we can run a competition. See how many cans of beer I get in the mail. All right. Well, with that said, thank you everyone for listening. This has been Name Was Taken podcast, the second presidential debate edition. I am your host. Jake, the Hibby Hibschman, and he has been your co-host, Jeff, Mr. President Jefferson Crossman. Yes. Yes. It's been a delight talking about presidents as a former president myself. Yes. And we will catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Vote! 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 If you don't vote, shut your mouth. Vote! 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 If you don't vote, that's pathetic. Vote! 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 If you don't vote, shut your mouth. Vote, vote, vote. Vote for me. If you don't vote, that's pathetic. If you have the idea that you're gonna have to wear a mask in November, you, you got more faith in this virus. Even if you do, put your mask on and go vote. Something that is equally pathetic. There's people that don't vote. Cast your ballot, which is your seat. We have to put a stop the fight over politics. Well, like either one of them, so I'm not gonna vote. You just voted for the wrong one. Yeah, but I don't like either one of them. Then you just voted for the wrong one. Vote, 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 vote. If you don't vote, shut your mouth. Vote, 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 vote. If you don't vote, that's pathetic. Vote, 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 vote. If you don't vote, shut your mouth. Vote, vote, vote. Vote for me. If you don't vote, that's pathetic.